Navigating Solo is the official singles adult ministry podcast of the United Pentecostal Church International. Navigating Solo is dedicated to encouraging single adults in every stage of life by using biblical principles to navigate discussion on various topics. Here's your host, Dr. Lorraine Orozco. Welcome to Navigating Solo. Today, I have we have our guest, Sister Diane Reed, who is going to be sharing her testimony and sharing her life with us. Thank you so much, Sister Diane, for agreeing to be our guest on Navigating Solo. It's such a pleasure to have you. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be with you. Thank you. So I wanted to start with an introduction, and I wanted you just to share a little bit about yourself, um, just where you're from, about your family and your ministry, just briefly that, and then we're going to kind of go in and we're going to talk about your testimony and, and some of the things that you have gone through. So let's start with where you're from. Right now, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, we moved here in 2002, and uh, my kids were 11 and 5. Well, when we moved, they were 12 and 6 when they moved. Uh, and so I've lived here ever since. So I'm really coming to you from Cincinnati, Ohio today. And um, I'm glad to be here. It's a wonderful life that we found here. And we're part of the Calvary Church, pastored by Tom Ellis. And uh, it's just a great place to have raised my kids and be a part of this ministry here. Awesome. Awesome. And your family and your children? too children. I have Alyssa. She is actually just moved to Purdue University in Lafayette, Indiana. She started her PhD work. And so she's gone now, which I'm missing her. But my son Marcus and his wife, Jasa live here. And um, they're very involved in the church and in ministry. And so yeah, I so I have two kids and they're both adults. So and what did you do right now currently in ministry? in Cincinnati. I, I'm an associate pastor at the church here for Calvary. And so I do pastoral ministry, preaching, teaching, mentoring, coaching, you know, working in events, doing all kinds of things like that. I also am involved in the business side of the church. So I do a lot of HR work and some of the business things for the church and finance. And then I also teach high school English, which I love. Awesome. So is that in the public school or is that a part of this yeah. church school? Yes, our church has a school here. So I teach in, in our school here, the Calvary Academy. Mm -hmm. Okay, very cool. All right. So Sister Diane, Diana, we're going to go into talking about your testimony. And so I know that you have an incredible story to share with us. And I am so excited for everybody to hear it. Um, but I wanted to ask, can you tell us about some of the significant things that have impacted your life on this journey in ministry? Yes, um, I was not born into the church. My family was a military family. And so um, I lived in several states. I lived in England as a child and all over the place until my dad retired. And we were not in the church. So we, we got into church when I was eight. And I, I was baptized and received the Holy Ghost when I was nine years old. So I have a whole early childhood life that was had nothing to do with God at all and so coming to the church was a huge wonderful shift in our lives to bring us into truth and bring stability into our lives there's a lot of instability in our family and so it was just um, wonderful 
to, you know, find the truth. That was in Dover, Delaware, where my dad had retired. And um, we came into the church there. And I, I can say, when I saw that question, what's really impacted my life, I have had incredible pastors, mentors, people invest in me, especially early in my life that had really made a huge impact. Ministers, you know, that came to minister in my home church, my pastor and his wife, I think the qualities that I feel in my life came from, well, I have a, a wonderful family that was in my life. But then these mentors, these people really impacted my life in a great way. And I think it brought a lot of value and helped nurture the calling in me for ministry. So that's, I would point to that because they're, they're very important people in my life. So, so that was my early life. And then I finished uh, Bible school where I met my husband and we got married and um, married. Where did you go to Bible school? I went to Kent Christian College. Okay. Had a year at ABI, Apostolic Bible Institute, but then I finished, I had three years at Kent Christian College. So that's where I met Mark and um, we started our ministry very young together. We got married and started a ministry and we went to Michigan. So I spent the next long period of my life in Michigan, 16 years in Michigan. Um, We were, you know, married and got right involved in ministry. So our lives were totally wrapped up in, you know, church work and ministry and, and district work too. We we're involved in the Michigan district at a pretty high level. So, so my life was full speed ahead, <laughs> uh, ministry, very involved. So, yeah. Yeah. And so you guys had two children. Yes. Right. Alyssa, my daughter and Marcus, my son, and so Mark was youth president uh, for the United Pentecostal Church in Michigan. So, you know, we ran camps and, you know, very involved. I was on the ladies committee, the secretary for ladies ministry there. So, I mean, we were, you know, involved everywhere we could. Mark preached all over the country and overseas and, you know, just a very busy life, a wonderful life. But um, we did not know it, but Mark had advanced coronary artery disease. We didn't know it. And he um, had a heart attack when he was 36 and he died instantly. And so at that point, uh, Alyssa was 11 and Marcus was five at that point and we were pastoring. So, so I became single. I started the solo thing on November 16th, uh, 2000. So it was a huge, you know, huge shift in my life, adjusting to life as a single mom and um, raising two kids, you know, by myself. Um, but, but God's been faithful. Here I am 23 years later. <laughs> There's an old saying that says I'm still saved and in my right mind. I think I'd like to say that I'm still saved and in my right mind. So now at the time of your husband's death, were you guys pastoring? Did you? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what? So did somebody else take that church? Did you continue to pastor? What did that look like? Um, thankfully we had an external board of ministers that worked with us. They came in to help support the church until we could elect a new pastor. Mm -hmm. I was really responsible for the day-to-day duties of the church during that time, uh, until we elected a new pastor. So, um, you know, there were several months that that was trying to just keep it all going, take care of my kids. But thankfully we had tremendous support from ministers in our district. And then the ministers that were on our external board were, were there helping us every step of the way. So, so then after um, Marvin Walker became the pastor, which he was, uh, and always has been a very dear friend of our family. So that was very um, wonderful. 
But um, then I really started to seek the Lord about what I need to do if I should stay in Michigan or relocate, which was a huge, huge decision. Um, but the Lord opened a door here in Cincinnati. Brother Pasley, who was the pastor at that time, called me uh, about a year and a month after Mark died and just said, Diana, I would like you to think about coming to Cincinnati. And so I came and interviewed and that began the process of us relocating. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's how you ended up there in Cincinnati and then doing all the things that you do at the church there with now, uh, with now the Ellis's. Yes. Right. Tom Ellis. Very cool. Right. All right. And then also along with that, um, there were some, some challenges that you had with your own health that eventually um, you had to address with your right. family. Right. Um, last September, September 1st, 2020, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So, um, this has been a journey I've been on now since then, hence the short hair, <laughs> which is just now coming back in, but I went through several surgeries and then chemo and radiation, and I'm still in treatment now, uh, for part of the cancer and through the end of November. And then I'm on medication for five years. So it's a pretty, ex you know, extensive diagnosis, but thankfully the Lord has helped me and, and I'm coming back good. <laughs> I'm thankful for that. It's been a journey, but you know, but the Lord's helping me and I've had wonderful support with my family and our church. And yeah. So I know that you have a lot of encouraging words to say to somebody, but I wanted to ask as a person who is single, as a single mother who has went through the sudden death of a spouse and also dealt with some issues with your own health, how have you, or what have been some of the major things that you have, have faced in this season in your life? Um, I think one of the major struggles was after Mark died, I dealt with fear mm -hmm. on a level that I, have ne I had never experienced it before. I was not a fearful person ever. I didn't struggle with that at all. But after he died, the trauma of his of his death. It was so sudden. Um, I went through a period of time where um, the night that he died, I went to bed at a quarter till one in the morning. And then I woke up at 445 the next morning in the middle of the night, really. And, and he wasn't in bed with me. He was, had been exercising after he came in from, you know, church and everything. So that trauma of that that event, those events just got locked up into me and I couldn't, I couldn't explain it, but I started having where every night I would go to sleep and then I'd wake up at 1245 and just wake up. And then I'd wake up. I would finally get back to sleep, wake up again at 445. It was like this, I don't know, traumatic thing that was happening inside of me and I couldn't control it. I thought I was losing my mind, honestly, but a, a spirit of fear really attacked me. And I had to battle through that and learn how to defeat it. It took several months, but that process is golden to me now because I learned through that how to use the word of God to control your thoughts and to speak what's true from the word of God and not believe, you know, what your what your own mind is telling you, you know. Um, and it was a journey. It's a you know it's a long story and I don't want to tell all of it, but it was a journey. And once I came out of that, when I finally got the victory over that fear, I can tell you that 
that has been invaluable to me because now it's like a weapon that I have in my life. Anytime fear comes or I feel this, oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? I have this experience of, okay, find, find the word of God, find the promise in the word of God that you can live on and believe in and stop believing all these things that are running through your brain because they're going to wipe you out and get, get back to that. And I'm telling you, it works. It worked for me. So that, I think that was my first really big struggle was dealing with fear and I had never dealt with it before. So I have a lot of compassion for people who do, because, you know, it, it, it came to me, came on me and I lived through it for probably, I don't know, maybe eight months before I really had it battled. So, um, I think another thing was, I had been, I had been felt like I was called from the time I was 18 years old. And here I was now 38, 39 years old, trying to figure out, am I really still called? You know, was this calling because I was married or is this a calling? Is this my calling? You know, and I had to walk that journey with the Lord and and decide, could I stay in ministry for the rest of my life and raise my kids? How in the world could I ever do that? You know, that's a huge undertaking to think that you're going to be a single mom, live in ministry full time and take care of kids and everything. But I can say God has done it for me now for 23 years. And I, I am very blessed and feel like that's a huge miracle in our lives. And so working through that, what's your identity? because <laughs> it, it shifted for me. You know, I had an identity that was very much wrapped up with my husband. And then I had to reestablish myself as a single person. And mm-hmm. what does that look like? And, and how does God see that? And can I function in ministry and be single? You know, how does that work? So I think that was another major struggle that I really had to work through. And, um, you know, I think the answer to all that is yes, God, God calls individuals, God calls couples, but God calls people. <laughs> Absolutely. You just have to, you know, figure it out and work through it. And, you know, I'm thankful that I had good people in my life who encouraged me and, you know, believed in me as a single person as much as had happened when I was married. So, right. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you saying all of that because my next question was, how did you deal with those struggles? But, you know, I love that you mentioned the thing about the fear that you dealt with for all that time. But knowing that for you, that going to the word of God and that you were able to use the word of God to help you to defeat that fear. And so now it's been a learning lesson for you, as you mentioned, if that ever creeps up on you. And, you know, for those of you that are listening as well, you can use that word of God and you know, next time. So it has been a learning experience and has been a growing experience, even though it was not, you know, the uh, situation that you have chosen Um, But also, I love that you also said, too, the challenge of trying to find your identity and who you were after after your husband had passed. What what does this mean? I'm no longer a minister's wife. But, you know, you talking about how you're dealing dealt with that as far as like I'm finding my identity because God called me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've heard some other, you know, minister's wives as well as Sister Jolyn Mills and some others have mentioned you know, after being a pastor's wife for so long, kind of finding that identity. So that's mm-hmm. a really great thing that you have been able to, to share with us today. So I yeah, appreciate it's that a journey. You know, I think it, it takes work to work that out. Um, I had a really unique experience in that Mark died in November in our, uh, in Michigan, they have uh, the holiday youth convention. A lot of 
you know, uh, youth have holiday conventions or their annual convention. Ours was in December between Christmas and New Year's. So this was probably just six weeks after Mark had died. And so I went to that youth convention with my two kids. So here's Alyssa and Marcus with me. And I'm sitting in that convention and it would have been, I mean, he would have been the person on the platform directing the whole thing. You know, I'm saying he had, he was youth president. So here we are with all these young people that we love from the state of Michigan, ministers that we deeply appreciated. And I'm sitting there and thinking, what am I going to do? Like, how, what does this even mean for me? And I remember at the end of one of the messages, I knelt down at the, at the chair where I was and just sobbed my heart out. It's like, God, what does this mean now? Here, all these young people are giving their lives to you, giving their hearts to these callings. And I'm in my late thirties and I'm doing the same thing. And here I am kneeling at one of these chairs. You know, I felt like, I don't know, it's weird, but all these young people are doing the same thing. I'm doing the same thing. I'm almost 40. I was 39 at the time, 38 or 39. And, um, and here are young people praying for me, you know, because we're very connected to all these kids in yeah. Michigan. They're praying for me. It was so humbling. But when I came away from that experience, it was like, no, I called you. I, I knew what was going to happen to your husband. I, God knew all these things. God said, I, I knew all this. Just hang in there. Hang in there for the ride. And trust yeah. me, you don't have to figure it out. And it might not look exactly like you thought it was going to look when you were young. That's okay. You know, I think this happens to ministers and ministers' wives as they age and they lose their spouses, even later in life. It happened for me early, but, you know, 70s, 80s people lose their spouse and they've been in ministry. They have to figure that out. What does that look like for me? But God's faithful. When he calls you, he doesn't back up from it. And, you know, you can be confident in that. You just have to hang on for the ride. (laughs) So Absolutely. I love that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask my next question. And Um, We've already kind of been talking about this, but I'd like to ask, what would you like to say to anybody who has gone through a similar situation, um, whether they have um, battled a medical challenge like you have as far as, you know, cancer or they have lost a spouse or both? What would you like to say to them and leave them words of encouragement? Um, I think. Um, I wrote, I made a few notes. I'm just going to run through a couple of things and maybe just elaborate on them. But um, I think really learning how to trust God. We talk about that in, um, you know, we, we say that quickly, trust God, you know, but I think that when you're single, it's a, it's a layer of trust because you don't have another person. You can just pick up the phone and say, Hey, I've got a flat tire today. I need your help. You know, Hey, can you, you know, are you going to help me with these bills or, Hey, are you going to help me with whatever you're doing it by yourself? And so, so really learning to trust God. Um, I have a verse. I want to read it here that the Lord really gave me Isaiah 54 for it's do not be afraid. I'm sorry. I'm probably going to get emotional here. I am 23 years in, but do not be afraid for you will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. I have quoted that so many times and said, okay, I'm hanging here by a thread, God. (laughs) I need help. And I, for 23 years, he's come through every single time and taking care of me as a person, taking care of my family. And so, you know, learning to trust God, um, you had a questionnaire, which we didn't really cover, but what's unique about you? I think 
I think I have the gift of faith, mm-hmm. <laughs> not because God poured it into me and, and gifted me with it, but because I've had to exercise it so much, <laughs> it's like a muscle that you use after you exercise it so much, it's really, you really have it. And I think that's what's happened in my life. I've just walked through so many times where it's like, okay, I don't have a lot of choice here, but to trust you. And every time God has been showed me, helped me, you know, it hasn't been immediate answers, but there's always been help. There's always been care. There's always been uh, comfort. There's always been what I needed. It's always been there. And so I just want to encourage people, trust God. He's trustworthy. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I think it's really important to maintain good friendships when you're single. I have dear friends that have been friends for years and it takes work to maintain those friendships, but there's gold in those friendships and you can't live isolated. Even if you're single, it's not healthy. And the more you invest in your friends, the better off you're going to be. They'll help you. Um, And then sow into your church, (laughs) you know, wherever God's planted you sow into that church. Sometimes when you're a single parent, you feel like I don't have enough time for me and my kids. Time Mm -hmm. is of an essence, but I'm telling you the time you sow into ministry and into your church will come back to you a hundredfold so many times. And I didn't do it for that, but so many times when I needed something, somebody from the church would just say, Hey, you need this, you need that. I'll help you. And it's like, it just comes right back to you. Yes. And so don't be afraid, just make time to do that. And then the last thing I just wanted to say is, you know, time you spend in prayer and the word every day is, is worth a lot. It's, it's, there's a law of accumulation that works with prayer and the word. And sometimes when you hit these really rough spots, you're going to have to draw out from wells that you dug a long time ago. And so just hang in there and be faithful because that daily discipline pays great dividends. So, right. That's right. That's wonderful. Well, I have appreciated all of the things that you have shared with us today. And you have an incredible story that I'm so glad that we were able to hear. So in closing, I just wanted to ask Sister Diana, if there's anything else that she would like to share with our listeners before we wrap up. Um, I don't know where you are on this single journey. You know, I've been single now for 23 years and um, I was afraid of the word single at the beginning. I didn't like it. (laughs) It was hard to stomach, but I found this definition for the word single, which I've lived, I've embraced. And it means unbroken, honest, undisguised, and not divided. The word single has a lot of definitions, unbroken, honest, undisguised, and not divided. Isn't that a great definition for single? And I think I've tried to live that way that God can bring you to that place of being not broken, being honest, undisguised, and not divided. He's faithful. Wow. Sister Diana Reed, thank you so, so much for that wonderful definition of singleness. I know that I am not going to forget that. And I know that all of our listeners out there appreciate all the things that you have said and that definition, as well as the testimony that you have given about your life and your journey. And we appreciate you to all of our listeners. God bless. Join us next week for another great interview on Navigating Solo.